Hello, my beautiful angel beans. Uh, welcome to episode 120. Today, we are going to be going over eight questions to ask yourself. You can ask yourself, some, look, some of these eight questions, a couple of them, one that I can think of at least, is something that I would like you to ask yourself throughout the day at multiple times, okay? But in general, the aim is to ask yourself these eight questions, probably in the morning, really whenever you want. And that can kind of set the tone for your day and bring you back to kind of your center and remind yourself of the crucial, important things for you to A, stay on track, but more importantly, B, genuinely enjoy your life genuinely be happy. It's going to, if you focus on these things, you're going to respect yourself more. You're going to have more confidence. You're going to have more self-love. You're going to just have more of a zest for life if you keep these things front and center. So how fucking exciting is that? If I haven't sold this to you yet, switch this off, go to bed, have a good sleep, and then try this again tomorrow because I want you pumped for this episode. Anyway, before we get into that, I, look, to be honest, there's not much of a life update other than I'm trying to get furniture for my new place, which is kind of like my office space. It's pretty hard to get furniture, at least in Sydney. I'm guessing most of Australia because the wait times are just so long. It's like everyone and their dog has decided to renovate or do, you know, whatever, including myself, I'm moving. So, yeah, it's such a wait time, which I guess would just make it more exciting when the furniture actually arrives. That's number one. Number two, I'm really trying to get more organized and I'm just slowly but surely getting there. But but this week when I'm like, this is the week I'm getting organized. This is the week that I'm going to start, you know, having extra podcasts recorded. So I've got, you know, a backup of episodes instead of playing catch up. My accountant sends me a glorious email reminding me that my fucking bass is due. Like you, for those of you that luckily don't have to do it, it's your business activity statement, which you have to do every quarter. Every quarter. Ugh. Anyway. Let's not complain. I'm, I am grateful. I'm grateful that I have a job and I'm grateful that I have a job that I love. Now, we're going to, again, before these eight questions, a brain fact. I'm going to talk about this very interesting brain fact because most of us have it to a very small degree and you'll ex- understand why at the end, but some people have this thing to a crazy degree and I find it so fascinating and it is called synesthesia. Okay, synesthesia, what is it? Why does it happen? It's when your brain associates sensations with visual stimulus or it could be with auditory stimulus. So, for example, it's normally the most common kind of synesthesia is normally with numbers and letters or voices and music. So, for example, the word desk, when you hear the word desk, that tastes like milk, right? Or when you hear the name Jane, you have the taste of apples in your mouth. Or certain musical notes can be colourful or you might look at a number, like the number nine could be bright red. Or, you know, so it's kind of where you're getting this crossover of sensations, whether it's a visual thing or an auditory thing. And it happens in 4% of the population – And it's basically where the brain is coupling at least two, sometimes more senses together and associating those senses with that stimulus. So in other words, if you see a bright light every time when you see the number nine, it's always going to be red when you see nine. So it's this association. Okay. So it's not like one day will be bright blue, one day, like it's pretty consistent in general. 
Now, it doesn't have to be taste or color. It can also be a feeling. So some of you listening right now could be having a very different experience to the general population as my voice itself, if you have synesthesia, could be eliciting certain other senses or responses. There are certain things that you could hear that might excite you or you could hear that elicit some sort of a reaction. So I find that really fucking interesting. So synesthesia, what does it mean? It basically means joint sensations. Syn, like synergy, joint. And aesthesia, which means sensations. Um, Like anesthesia, which is a lack of sensation. Now this is considered a genetic trait. So it does get passed down or something occurs in the genes that's causing this to happen. So... And there's like nothing wrong per se here. In genetics, a trait is something like your skin color or your hair color. It's not a disorder as far as genetics terminology is considered because it would mean that something has gone wrong in the gene if it was a disorder um, versus a trait where it's just it either um, exp- the gene is expressing one way or it's expressing another way. So that's kind of when you're in genetics terminology, a disorder versus a trait. Um It's also very, very common in artists. A lot of artists, or I guess it should be the other way around, a lot of people with synesthesia kind of go down the route of being quite artistic and quite creative because they're able to find associations and metaphors in things that to the everyday person just wouldn't really seem related um, or they wouldn't really, it wouldn't be obvious to them to relate this kind of metaphor. And If you kind of look at, I think I explained this before, but if you look at how memory athletes work, they do everything via hooks. They use memory hooks to remember numbers, words, whatever. And, you know, memory athletes can remember a whole deck of cards or like some do like, fuck, like 10, 20 decks of cards. And they remember it because they have a hook to everything and everything is through association. And when you are good at associating, your memory is better. So if you associate the queen of hearts with your front door and they like a lot of memory athletes do it like they're walking through a place they know. So the queen of hearts is your front door and, you know, fucking the ace of spades is your neighbor or you know what I mean? So you're associating uh one thing with something else that you know and the likelihood of your memory getting strengthened um, is higher. So pretty much what is happening is that the brain regions, certain brain regions are just hyper-connected. So I always talk about connectivity within brain regions and how it's always good to have good communication between brain regions because you're able to, you know, self-soothe, you're able to counteract a thought, you're also able to rehabilitate better after you know, a lesion, an accident, a blow to the head or whatever. Um, in this scenario, it is hyper-connected. So there's a lot of extra connectivity going on between those sensory pathways, basically, and those sensory areas. And it is one nucleotide that is responsible for all of this happening, which is fucking crazy if, you know, you look at how many nucleotides are involved in DNA and in your genes and all of that. But the interesting thing here is that everyone, like I said at the start, even non-synesthesiates, I believe is the name, are making associations and metaphors all the time. Like we do it all the time. We are wired for it. The brain likes to connect things. It likes to connect areas and form associations because like I said, it helps you remember things better and it also helps us paint a bigger picture of what is going on. The better we are at associating things and linking them together, the better our experience is at interpreting information that comes our way. So we do it all the time. For example, if you say that a person is dull, 
you know, that is association. If you say this colour is aggressive, people know what that means. They know that you're not talking about a pastel colour if you say that that's an aggressive colour. Um, it's just in our nature to do that all the time. Synesthesists, synesthesists are not the only ones. So I think that's really fucking interesting. And if you are a synesthesist, then fucking holler out in the Facebook group, please, because I'd love to hear from you. And I'd love to hear what it is that you experience. Is it... Um, colors when you see numbers. What is it? I'm so interested in it. I think it's really cool. Okay. Now let's talk about the episode of today. Eight things to ask yourself every day or in the morning or whenever in the day. So like I said earlier, the point of this episode is to try and make each day feel like a step in the direction that you want to head in. It's a way of feeling on purpose, on task, happier, freer. Sometimes we get caught up, like so caught up with all the peripheral things that we have to do in our to-do list and getting everything done and making sure that we're kind of playing catch-up all the time. And I mean, we all get into that place all the time, but some people experience this every single day. And we get so caught up in it that that's when we turn into those people that count down for the weekend and can't wait for the weekend to start. And it's this like wishing away the, the week. You shouldn't have to wish days away and certainly not five days out of seven That is not an enjoyable life. That's a fucked ratio if you are wishing away five out of seven days of your life, wishing away time, which is the most precious thing that you have. You you cannot fucking buy, borrow or steal that shit, so you better fucking enjoy as much of it as possible. And if you are someone that wishes it away, then this is a big warning flag that shit needs to change in your life fast. Because if you're not going to change it now, when are you going to change it? It has to change. So that's the kind of zone I want to get you into, not just when you listen to this episode, but that's kind of the thought process behind when you ask yourself these questions. Now, if you really like this episode, what I would recommend you do is write the questions down, have them on a piece of paper by your bed, beautiful note paper, stunning silver twinkly fucking pen. Uh, make it look pretty as shit and then put it on your bedside table and read it every morning with intention. I don't want you to grab it and just scan through it and then toss it off. No, 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 no. You grab it, you sit and you read it and you think and process each question every day. Okay, let's get straight into it. Eight questions to ask yourself every morning. Number one, what would it take for me to feel fulfilled today? Now, this is really important because this does not have to link with your sense of purpose. So often people struggle with this idea that they need to find their sense of purpose. In reality, your actual purpose in a nutshell should be to be happy, right? Because when you're happy, then you kind of are having an infectious energy, an infectious energy. It's more likely that people will have a pleasant interaction when you're happy and that kind of bleeds on and bleeds on and bleeds on. Imagine what the world would be like if if everybody's aim was to be happy, to be at peace and be happy, okay? So put this idea of this greater purpose aside. You don't have to know what that is. You want to think about what would make me feel fulfilled, okay? This makes you ask yourself what you need. It makes you ask your body, what is it that I need? Do I need to be alone for a little bit today? Am I craving some alone time? Or Is there something on the back of my mind that I've been meaning to do, but I just keep putting it off because it's just not the right time? Or do I need to call my grandmother and just have a talk to her? Like, 
sometimes it's just those little moments in the day that you might normally take for granted, but in reality, that's kind of what really fills your cup up. You know, like personally, I would fucking love to be in a position where I could say, wow, I really want to call my grandmother today. But all my grandparents have gone. So it's it's this idea of like, what are the little things in my day that would make me feel like, oh, that is precious. I felt so good doing that. Or if you don't want to be emotional and, and you know, have this connection with people, if that's not what you're needing. What if it's like, can I just finish this fucking tax return? And I know it's, you know, if I've got 30 minutes left on it or one hour left on it, instead of watching that series that I really want to watch, I'm going to finish this tax return. And yes, it's fucking boring, but I'm going to sit in bed being like, oh, what a weight off my shoulders. Okay, I didn't get that downtime watching the show I wanted, but I finally finished my tax return. You know, so it could be big, it could be small, it could be just the most basic thing. It could be you cleaning out one section of your wardrobe. It, the most important thing here is don't make it something big in your head because it completely defeats the purpose of this question. You have to make it something that's all the little things that add up are what make your life worth enjoying and worth living, okay? And all those little things are what then adds up to these things that appear so big and appear so like, oh my God, they've achieved so much. I can guarantee you it's just all the little things that have added up to make it look like a big thing. So don't get ahead of yourself. Don't make this too complicated. Just one thing that will make you feel fulfilled, okay? Simple, but ask yourself that at the start of the day and it's going to be different every single day or likely is going to be different every single day. Number two, what is something I can do to ease the stress for me tomorrow or for the me of tomorrow, like for the future you? What can you do? And again, think small, think small. Can you just pay a bill? It's that three-minute task where you can pay a bill online. Will that make your tomorrow? It's just going to lighten the load of your shit to do the next day. It's one little task that you can do now that you don't have to do tomorrow. Can you pack your lunch? Can you get your outfit ready so you feel, you know, sometimes you're rushing around in the morning and then, you know, you barely, barely have got your shit together and then you're out the door on your way to work. Wouldn't it be nice to have a morning where you've pretty much got everything ready for what you're going to have for breakfast and have it in the fridge or whatever. You've got your outfit ready. You've got, you know, everything ready to go. And then you think, I can now spend 10 extra minutes maybe meditating. Or what if you were to wake up and just read a chapter of your favorite book because you've allowed that the day before. You set yourself up that you could have that little win, that you had less stress in the morning. What's something you could do? Make it tiny. If It could be something like some... Maybe you struggle to take your vitamins because you always forget. Put your little vitamins in a little container and put it right there. That's something that you've done. So then at the end of the day, you're like, I took my vitamins. It's a small win and I feel great about it. You make it as simple as you want to make it. But one task that you can do today that eases the load for tomorrow. A huge one is making an unpleasant phone call. If you've been needing to make a phone call or needing to book something in and it's a bit of a saga, those are the ones that are really good to ease the load for 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 you of tomorrow, but it depends what kind of person you are and kind of take a look at what, are you someone that struggles with time management? If you're a time management person, then doing small tasks the evening before is going to set yourself up to feel more organized the next day. Okay, next, number three, who is someone I am grateful for having in my life? And then throughout the day, you are going to choose a way to connect with them. It could be 
blatantly sending them a message saying, thank you so much for being in, in my life. You, you don't know the difference that you make to me. It could be a phone call. It could be sending them a funny anecdote that you guys have together. It could be sending them a, a whatever, whatever it is. But find a way, whether it be time-consuming or whether it take you 30 seconds, find a way to let that person know that you are grateful for having them in your life. Simple, but the the feel good, the rush of, of feel good neurotransmitters that you feel when you extend you know, your love to somebody else and when you extend the warmth and affection and tell them how you feel, you then feel good. So even if you don't give a fuck, do it for selfish purposes. Do it for you. Tell someone how you feel about them. Tell someone that you're grateful just to make you feel good, okay? I mean, ideally because you actually want to make their day, but whatever. Number four, what, if anything, right now is pulling me away from my greater purpose? Now, this is where you kind of, this is where you are looking at like the bigger picture thing and ask yourself, is it a person, a job, a life situation that is pulling me away from that? Now, you might be somebody that's fully on on course to what you're doing. There's nothing getting in the way. Fantastic. You can totally bypass this question. But for a lot of people, that is not the case. So you might be thinking, okay, this is, this is the life that I'm, I'm working towards. This is what I want to have. This is where I, where I want to live. This is what I want to feel every single day. So you've got an idea of what you want, okay? Most of us do or some of us do. But you're not there right now, supposedly, okay? So you now have to identify what's something that I can actually pinpoint that is kind of a block, Am I in a relationship that I know is not going to lead me into the future? You don't have to end it today, but maybe identify it. And can that relationship be mended or does it have to end? Um, Is it the job that I'm in? Am I only choosing to stay in this job because I'm terrified of starting something new? Because I understand that a lot of people might not want to leave a job because there aren't any other options for the time being. That's a different story altogether. But I know, and I know personally, a lot of people that have options, that have offers to go somewhere else where, okay, it's scarier. Okay, you're putting yourself out there. You're taking a leap. You're really having to grow. It's not easy, but the experience could be great. But they think, why would I leave a place where I'm just so comfortable? You know, so taking that leap of comfort to the life that you want is kind of you're you kind of at a crossroads in your life when you get there. A life situation: Are you living with people that do your head in, and you just literally cannot find the peace that you want to find, and you're not living in an environment where you feel calm and peaceful because maybe your family is doing your head in, or maybe you have toxic housemates that you can't stand? Are you currently dealing with an insurance claim that is absolutely, you know, ruining every free moment that you have because you're trying to get that thing processed? Uh, Are you like me and you're doing your BAS statement and literally after I finish recording this, I'm going to fucking do my BAS statement so I'm not doing it over the weekend. See, this is me doing my weekend self a favor. I'm doing my BAS now. But that is what you have to ask yourself. What is pulling you away from your purpose? Then once you identify, ask yourself, is this a permanent, quote unquote, nothing's permanent in life, but is it more of a long-term permanent thing or is it a one-off acute stressor that's going to end soon? One-off acute stressor being what I just mentioned, insurance claims, doing your best, doing that kind of stuff. You know that there's a deadline and it's got to be done by then. Uh, um, an essay that you might be working on, um, 
preparing for a job interview. That kind of stuff are more acute stresses and, yeah, they're annoying and they're pulling you away from what you're doing, but you know it's short-term so I wouldn't be too fussed about it as far as, you know, changing it or ending it. The the one you want to look at is more so is this a permanent thing, as in am I acting like this is a permanent thing as far as relationships, jobs, where you live, that kind of thing. And that's kind of what you want to be addressing. And I'm not saying you've got to fucking, you know, rip the band and end it today, but it's good to start asking yourself these questions and ask yourself, why is it that they're pulling me away? Is it because I'm with someone that's super, super jealous of me being social, but the job that I want to have entails me really being social and networking and being out there? This is an issue that we need to fix, that kind of thing. It's always good to identify that. Number five, which – no, sorry. Number five, what is one action or habit that I do daily that I can go without? So we're talking about a a habit or an action that's not really helping you. And how do I intend to do this? How do I support myself through this? So, for example – You might wake up and the first thing that you do is reach for your cigarette or vape and bang, it's on. Or you reach for your phone and then you're on social media. Or it could be something that you absolutely cannot have lunch without having dessert, which I'm all for that, love that, but I know a lot of people want to stop doing that. I'd rather not have the dessert straight after lunch. So what is an action or daily habit that you do that you could go without, that your life would probably be a little bit better, tiny bit better, if you just eliminated that one action. And the beauty of it is, let's say you're someone that smokes cigarettes and you really don't want to do it and you want to quit. All I'm asking you to do is pinpoint one occasion during the day where you don't smoke that cigarette. So I'm not saying you have to quit right now. This whole theme of this episode is tiny, tiny changes that in six months you turn around, you won't know yourself, okay? But it's going to feel insignificant and that's the point because it's easy to do, it's easy to implement, but the results are felt almost instantaneously and then it's compounding, compounding, compounding. And when you get to the six-month mark, you turn around and be amazed, okay? So if you're a smoker, I'm not telling you right now, go through all the motions and quit. You've got to do what you want to do. But maybe eliminate one cigarette in the day and, and but make it consistent. The, that pre-lunch cigarette is over. Or pick a cigarette that, pick, you know, a time that you smoke that you don't have that much emotional attachment to. Like say for you, the biggest thing in the world is your coffee and your cigarette. Leave that one till last. Cut out the, the one, you know, in between kind of, momentous moments in your day in between lunch and fucking dinner cut that one out whatever but one thing one habit that you can stop okay the same goes for your social media checking if it's social media checking set a timer saying from now on the habit I'm going to stop is being on social media without setting a timer so you're not fully eliminating you're not saying okay because that's when people struggle to adapt they think the change is so insurmountable I'll leave it for tomorrow I'll leave it for when all the stars align that's not going to happen so now start setting timers start like cutting things down and see how you adapt but make the decision now of what you're going to do all right number six Do my actions reflect what I want to be known as or who I want to be perceived as? So say you're somebody that wants to be known as being assertive or kind or understanding, patient, confident. There's all these things that we we want to be and we want to be known for. 
but sometimes through our behaviours, through how we interact with people, maybe, you know, our patient runs thin so we snap at people and we would hate to actually be known as, oh, that person's always really short, but you might be behaving that way for whatever reason, you know. So are your actions reflecting what you want to be known as? And remind yourself of this statement. This is the statement that I want you to remind yourself throughout the day again and again when you interact when you have kind of meaningful interactions, you know. For example, it's a good way to bring bring it up in a situation where you're in a social situation and they're all gossiping a lot. Yes, it's tempting to get kind of wrapped up in the gossip or wrapped up in whatever, but ask yourself, really ask yourself, do my actions reflect who I want to be known as? Do I want to be known as someone that talks shit about people that I actually like behind their back? If the answer is yes, I'm fucking go for gold. I don't care. I'm not fucking... Mother Teresa, do you. But do you want to be known as that? Would it feel nice if the person that you're talking badly about heard you say what you're saying, even if you do love them? Like probably not, probably like taper it down. That's an example. Another example would be when you're angry and you know what sets you off and you know how you treat the people closest to you when you're angry. Do you want to be perceived as that? You know, a lot of us like to be known as someone who can keep their cool, who can be calm, and then, you know, we like this concept and then something sets us off and bang, we explode. You know, so it's this idea of, okay, remind yourself during the day, throughout the day, this is how I react. So then you're kind of more primed for it. It's more at the forefront of your awareness. So then when something happens that's making you angry, you think, is this who I want to be? And so you can still feel angry, but do you need to express it in an aggressive way? No, you don't. So this is the time where you think, uh, you can say, I'm going to process this. I'll be back in 30 minutes. That kind of stuff. And I've got episodes about dealing with anger and dealing with whatever. So we're not going into that. But it's really, it's also good for when you want to stand up for yourself and be confident. As far as being manipulated, sometimes we'll just sit and, and take it. But sometimes it's something so easy as saying, you know what? I actually don't agree with you on this one. Or you know what? I know you think that about me, but I'm going to challenge you. You don't have to be aggressive. You don't have to turn it into this huge thing. But it's these little statements that you can start making when you normally would have kept quiet that start changing how you are perceived by the people around you. You teach people how to treat you. So you always have to keep in your mind, I might think I'm someone, but this person only has my actions to go by. They don't know what's going on in my head. They don't know that in my head I'm fucking assertive. And in my head I'm saying all these things, but... I'm just showing this quiet, meek little, you know, baby chicken and they're just taking me for a ride because they don't know what's going on in my head. So it's your actions. You teach people how you want to be treated, how you want to be perceived. It is, it is your choice to build it up in a way. I mean, ultimately, people make their own ideas about who people are and if they like them or not. But you're the one that puts that image forward as far as what you're going to accept, what you're not going to accept, how you're going to treat them and how you're going to speak about people. You make the decision about those factors, okay? And only you. Then how they interact with you is then on them, okay? So keep that one. That's the one that I like to keep top of mind. How do I want to be perceived? How do I want to be known as? Or what do I want to be known as? When you fucking... Kick the bucket. How do you want to be known as? You know, someone that always snapped and was aggressive psycho that always bitched about people or someone that was patient and funny and really made others feel loved or others feel like a sense of excitement every time they were around. You choose. Either one. Like, fuck. It's 
you know, it's your, your call, your life, your call. Number seven, what can I let go of today or what can I work on letting go of today? So what I mean by work on letting go of is you might be going through a breakup right now. So you can't just wake up one day and be like, lol, I'm getting over this person today. I'm letting go of that person. I'm done. You know, that okay, that's probably not going to happen. But you can start to put in actions throughout the day that's going to assist you getting over that person. And the X one is a prime example because this is – this is kind of what most of us have gone through at one point or another or a friendship breakup or a fight with somebody is a really big one. But you could be, you could start with today, I'm not going to check their social media. I'm just not going to check their social media. That's a really big step in, in, the positive, in a positive direction. Or I'm not going to talk badly about them to others or I won't talk about them to people that are not in my inner circle. Do you know how sometimes you might meet someone that you barely know and within moments they're telling you all the chaos in their life, how they're heartbroken, what their ex did, how fucked their ex was, blah, 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 to a stranger. And I'm like, of course, you're welcome to talk about your feelings to whoever you want. But for your sake, the, the emotions that you're feeling after a breakup, even if someone's wronged you so badly, if you're going and telling absolute strangers what's gone down, how you're feeling, all you're doing is ruminating. That is you ruminating. You're much better off speaking to either a professional, obviously, or your inner circle who are your sounding board. But if you're then taking it to the next level and telling strangers, just listen to my thoughts, listen to my, all you're saying is listen to my thoughts because they can't actually give you much advice that's going to help. And so if you're constantly that person that's like, oh, there's a customer that's walking in, this is what happened to me, this is what happened to me. You are now ruminating and that is not helpful. You are overthinking. You're starting to go into those spiraling thoughts and that's where it gets detrimental. So you could, if you are someone like that, you could say to yourself, I'm only going to speak about this person to a select number of people that know my situation, know what I've gone through or to a professional. You know, that's what I'm limiting it to today. I don't need to keep bringing it up because it's only hurting me. If I keep bringing it up to randoms or people that don't know it and then and then it kind of taints my ability to have a normal conversation and a conversation that could actually alleviate some of the heartbreak and pain for me, I then turn it into a negative situation. You know, that's when I was going through one of my big breakups, I purposely, you know, got new jobs, moved cities because I tried, I tried to meet all these people who didn't know that I was suffering in heartbreak because it actually alleviated me from a lot of my pain at the time. It was really good for me to do that because it made me go out, meet new clients. Meet, there was no sympathy. There was no whatever. They just treated me normal. And it was almost like a, like a double life that I led in a good way. Like I'd have my time at work. I'd force myself to just pick up the pieces, and then after doing it enough, then it would be a relief. I'd get to work, it'd be social, I'd be laughing, and then I'd go home and, okay, cry. But it was much better than talking about it every moment of the day with the clients that knew what had happened in my old home, everything. You know what I mean? You kind of need to separate that. So that could be one of the things you do to let go of it. Not checking the social media is a huge one. Um, not if you're having a fight with a friend – Try to keep it between you and the friend and not turn around and start bitching about your friend to everyone else in that circle. There's always things you can do to eliminate that negative energy around the situation. Now, the last one, number eight, what can I do today to make me truly happy in the moment? 
I am not talking about long-term happiness here. We get so caught up with what we think long-term happiness looks like. And for most of us, we think it's this all-inclusive, everything needs to be going well, all the stars need to align, everything, all cylinders firing at the same time, everything is a priority at the same time, and I can't be happy until that is happening. Or I can't be happy if I've got all these stresses going on in my life. I can't be happy if I'm dealing with a heartbreak. And yes, you can, because happiness is a lot more simple than that. Happiness is in the present moment. It cannot be in the future. It cannot be in the past. So it does not have to be this all-encompassing, everything has to happen in my life in order for me to be happy. That's in the future. That's a concept that you've created in your head in the future. It's not an emotion that you're experiencing right now. Okay? Happiness has to be in the present moment. Otherwise, we're talking about something else and it's not happiness. So ironically, The more you can find or the more often you can find pockets within the day where you can experience joy or happiness in the moment actually helps everything else in your life fall into place. We always do it the wrong way. We think I need this before I can be happy. I need this before I can be happy. That's not how happiness works. Not at all. Happiness is a, is a break in your um, kind of con- unconscious stream of thoughts where you're present and laughing and feeling good. Or even if you're not laughing, where you're, where you're um, feeling gratitude, where you're feeling relaxed, where you're feeling a sense of lightness, like weight off your chest, that kind of feeling. That is only ever experienced in the moment. And when you let yourself have these moments, when you let yourself just laugh, truly enjoy your life, you feel so much lighter. The lighter you feel, the easier it is for you to make decisions that work for you. The easier it is to put things into perspective in your life and know that while this bad thing is happening, it doesn't mean that your life is over. And the easier it is to let go of things that are not working for you. So your focus is to find happiness in as many little moments throughout the day and not the other way around. Don't try and find your happiness by finishing this this job by hitting this deadline, by that's not, you'll get a lot of satisfaction from doing all those tasks and you're going to be able to work towards your goal. So definitely keep doing that stuff, but your happiness is in the now. So what I want you guys to do is try and remind yourself, even in moments where you're like, oh my God, this is so annoying. Just try and remind yourself of we're going to laugh at this in the future. That's such a good way of lightening the load of a stressful situation in the moment. If you're going through something that's really annoying and you're with someone that you can share it with, you can just turn to them and be like, I can't wait till we're laughing about this in the future. That will probably then make you laugh about what's going on then and there. I sometimes can go from extreme frustration to actually laughing because I'm like, this is so fucking ridiculous and I can't believe this. And then I end up actually laughing about something that moments ago was really just doing my head in. It's ways of just finding moments in the day where you can just break that train and laugh. And if nothing stressful is going on that's causing you to feel that way, then create your own happiness. Try and engage with your friends a little bit more on a lighter note. Try and remind each other of things that you've already experienced. If you don't have anything right now that's making you laugh, bring up funny things from the past, bring it into the moment and laugh about it now. There's always ways that you can incorporate happiness within your day. And if you've got certain friends that you bounce off and that make you really laugh and make you happy, gravitate to them. 
you always want to be around people that are lightening your mood, not dragging you down. And that obviously is different to someone that needs to be supported. That's different. You know, you have to be there for your friends as you want friends to be there for you. But I'm talking about if you're always hanging around people that are dragging you down 24-7, then your chances are looking fucking bleak of being happy all the time. So you want to surround yourself often with people that you can bounce off of that high vibrating energy as well, okay? Like I've got a handful of friends that if I'm like, I just want to laugh my head off, guaranteed I can call these people and even if we're like, even in the depths of my heartbreak, I was able to, and like I've got friends that we will both be going through heartbreak together at times and we would still have that kind of energy where we could laugh about it together. That's the kind of energy you want to bring to the table and that's the energy that you want to seek out in your friends and know when to hang out with those friends that make you laugh, make you happy, whatever. So remember, with happiness, don't get it the wrong way around. The more moments and snippets of happiness you can have kind of peppered throughout your day, the sooner you're going to find the actual feeling of happiness, of gratitude, of, you know, appreciation. And that is actually what's going to make your whole life experience and everything fall into place a lot faster. It's crazy, but it's true. Don't get too distracted trying to make the future and the bigger picture work because it's going to make all those smaller moments slip by you. And the day is going to end and you're going to be left feeling overwhelmed and empty on this grind, on this hustle, having never enjoyed a day of it. And sometimes, sometimes we get so caught up thinking, when I make more money, this is going to happen. When I do this, when I do that, when I do that. And then you look back and think, oh, the good old days. And it was times where you were probably, you know, struggling to pay your rent and, you know, just making ends meet, but you had, you know, a really good network of people around you and you were, you know, and you can think back and think, oh, they were the good days. Well, right now are the good days. And yes, they can continue on into the future, but you don't ever want to live a life where the good days are always in the past or in the future. That's ridiculous. And that is a delusion. Okay. So you have to bring it into the now. Think what about the past? Did I really enjoy and did I like? And often there's nothing you can pinpoint. It's just that you'll probably right now seeing things that are enjoyable that you maybe didn't even enjoy back then. You know what I mean? So don't look at the past or the future with rose colored lenses. Look at the present now and see how can I be happy now? Guys, I hope that those eight questions helped you, gave you a bit of um, inspiration to ask yourself that every day and, you know, work on those tiny, tiny things. Small, less is more, guys. In this situation, less is more. It's just tiny changes. Don't make them huge. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't get in your head about it. Guys, thank you so much for listening today. Love you guys so much. I've got a few exciting things on the horizon, but I will update you when it's more locked in and closer to the day. But very exciting shit happening with the podcast specifically um that is all i can i can divulge right now as always remember guys be kind to yourselves be kind to your brains don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself Danke.